0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode, can't believe it, 22 of Studio Mate Steve. The weather is beautiful outside. I'm slightly hungover from the first Christmas party of the season, but I'm very excited, which has got me over my headache, because I'm very excited to welcome the incredible Ruby Wright. Hello, Ruby.
1: Hello, Stephen. Thank you for having me.
0: An absolute pleasure. We've only met once before-ish, haven't we? We met at the Harper party.
1: Yeah, and at your lovely um... Oh, of course. Picnic. Yes, but course. you were But so, you were so probably high on um, paracetamol, having fallen down the stairs.
0: Yes, I realise now I should not have gone no. to that picnic. <laughs> but no, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was so nice. It was lovely. It was
1: lovely. I can't lovely.
0: believe the weather was so good as well, because in between, the weekends had been disastrous.
1: I know. I know. I can't believe it happened. It was a miracle.
0: It was a miracle. Uh, anyway, how are you today? Are you busy? What, what am I taking you away from working on today?
1: Well, actually, today I am in, I'm just getting into elf mode uh, because it's going to be the um, Illustrator's Fair in about a month. And um, I, it's nice to not do it in a, in a panic. So I'm just gently preparing things and making prints and packing things up.
0: That's nice. Now, anyone who doesn't, I'm hoping to come along to that. Now, it's at Granary Square, isn't it? In sort of King's Cross, London.
1: That's right. Next to
0: Waitrose, very posh.
1: Yeah, which is handy for getting your lunch. and, yeah. and I uh, think there's a loo. I
0: think there's a loo in that Waitrose as well. There's
1: loo's. There's even a little wine bar. It's oh, yeah, it's God, ever so middle class. Yeah, it's brilliant. It, it's definitely worth coming to if people are around. What, well it's great we... now
0: because it's in—it's actually in Saint Martin's College, isn't it now?
1: Yes, it's indoors. You don't have to freeze.
0: Because you, did you do it when before I knew you? When it used to be in the central section outside, it sort of—it was covered, but it was literally in the bit between Waitrose and Saint Martin's, and there's no lighting, or there wasn't. <laughs> and so, as soon as it got dark, about four or five o'clock, no one could see anything. So everyone was sort of beaming their mobile phones over their wares, <laughs> and it was freezing.
1: <laughs> no. No, I didn't do that. I'm oh, pleased good. to say it sounds really exhausting.
0: Yes, it was awful. Everyone huddled around. I remember Tor Freeman and Sharon and Martha and everyone was doing it. And we were all like, what the heck have yes. we done? It's awful. Oh. <laughs> it now. So um, can you give us a sneak preview of what you'll be selling?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be on a uh, table with Tor and Sharon and right. Ella Morella and Bianca and I'm going to be doing mostly prints, actually, and they're quite reasonably priced. I'm going to be selling most of my prints for £10 each. And, okay. uh, and actually, well, I, I thought I might have some ceramics because I started doing some ceramics classes, but oh, uh, yeah. I had very high hopes for my ceramics, That I realised that there's a reason why people train at these things for a long time, and I'm not there yet. But I've been no. making some little, <laughs> there might be some little three-dimensional things, but uh, no, it's mostly prints.
0: So, will your ceramics have your illustrations, (laughs) or is it just the form?
1: Yes, no, absolutely. I I just want to be able to draw on something other than paper. I thought it'd be nice to put some drawings on some forms, and I did sculpture at um, for my degree. So, (laughs) (laughs) if only I did it at Wimbledon Wimbledon School of Art, Ah. and uh, yeah, so I'm a bit of a three D. You know, I've got a three D streak Yes, Although it's yes. very nice creating work that doesn't take up so much room
0: have you seen emily gravett's ceramic
1: oh no i haven't
0: oh she's Are they there's good. nothing she, there's nothing she can't do that woman no. she's so brilliant she is um she paints beautifully on ceramics i don't know if i think she makes the things as well or does she just paint on them? i'm not too sure but whatever she does they're beautiful so yeah check her instagram out emily Gravatt.
1: i will i will and laura carlin does too doesn't she i think it's yes. i think it's a thing it's a thing yeah, for illustrators
0: yeah, oh, no, yeah. so how would you do so you would just paint directly onto the ceramic, then in that case wouldn't you you wouldn't print or would you do sponge technique like um who's that lady that does all the ceramic bowl dog bowls and Christmas mugs I always forget her Emma. name. Emma
1: bridgewater
0: yes that's it emma bridgewater yes. she uses like sponge techniques and all different ways of painting on doesn't she
1: yeah well i i mean I've, so, I've got so much to learn steve but uh i think basically there's there's you can do things that so there's graffito where you basically put a, a layer of of uh, a color on the pot while it's still while it's while it's still soft slightly soft yes. and then you can carve away and that's one really nice way of doing it. Yeah. So I think I think it's probably going to be like that for me. Otherwise I have been painting on them but then there's an issue with cl- um, clarity and crispness. So they look fantastic before they go in the kiln and then they come out all a bit uh yeah a bit fuzzy looking. But you know I, I yeah it's a I've got a lot to learn like I say
0: yeah it is a completely different skill isn't it I've it got, is like, my old next door neighbor rosie ruddock she Ooh. does beautiful pottery she sells them at markets and things she lives in crouch end uh, and i keep meaning to pop along to try and get some of her she does beautiful because my favorite color is teal anything teal is get it my day.
1: oh it's very on trend or it was does... about two years ago
0: oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> someone said I, I won't name names someone said whatever's in fashion was in oliver bone no. Will will be an Oliver bonus in 2 years time.
1: Oh yes, that's cutting but I completely Isn't agree. it?
0: Isn't it? <laughs> yes. Gold gold pineapple tea like <laughs> yes. holders.
1: Yeah, dusky pink Flamingos. Um... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember who that was bitching about Oliver well... bonus. <laughs> I don't mind They nailed
1: about. it. They uh, nailed now it.
0: We've already, we're already chatting away, but I haven't even read your bio yet. So I'll just get to that. It's quite a short one, thank you. So it's that's
1: a, a pleasure. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm reading this from your lovely website, which is rubywright.com uh, uh Right, W R I G H T. dot com. The first thing it says is represented by Jodie Hodges. Jodie will be pleased. She's right at the top there.
1: So she should be. She's amazing.
0: Isn't she brilliant? Yes. I think and I so the- glamorous. Isn't, I don't know how she does it and she's got kids and she's yeah. always busy and she's always travelling around and it's she's always fair. and she's very funny and she's very yep. generous I've yes. i gate crashed a couple of her illustrator drinks that I shouldn't really be at but I, yes I owe her a few tinnies I think um, <laughs> So Ruby studied sculpture not at St Martin's college She worked at the BBC and took a foray into printmaking before embarking on a career in picture books. She tries to draw from life every day and her debut book, Animal Crackers was published in May 2023 by Rocket Bird Books. She's represented by Jodie Hodges at United Agents. And can I just say, um, being pernickety, there's a double space in between and her debut book. So you need to go back on your website.
1: I will, Steve. Thank you. Space. Thank you. I will. I'll do, you know, it right no- I'll do it now as we speak.
0: Do you know the best thing that I learned at <laughs> secondary school was how to type and spacing, oh. double line spacing? Da, 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 da. Was, we did work. Word processing, brilliant. Word processing, doesn't it? Sound I know. Right? So straight
1: out of the nineties. Oh. So
0: hold on, what did you do at the BBC?
1: I worked for radio for news programs. So, Doing I, well. I started as a broadcast assistant, and I got a job there because I, when I left, when I left art school, I got a job in my friend's cafe because right. I needed a job, and I lived in London, and yeah. um, I got a job washing up, and my mum said, "Are you?" Are you any good at washing up? I thought, oh, that's that's high praise.
0: <laughs> it's a skill. Hey, washing up is a skill. I used to do the dive at McDonald's, which is basically dishware. So I was in. I was so bad at everything else in McDonald's. I only worked there for six months, on and that's off. That's a blessing. I was, given I was the so news bad, stories, <laughs> I was so bad. They always put me on in the dive.
1: What is the dive?
0: It's just. Oh, it's a mass, two massive sinks and a oh. huge big. Um, thing that you pull down a big tap that you put like a jet watch and you just blast all the uh, bits and pieces all the trays with the uh, manky burger juice on and all sorts. of stuff but I was even bad at that I used to I was uh,
1: (laughs) quite I'm quite pleased to hear they have washing up I assume they just throw everything away
0: Mm. But, um, I I threw some burgers on the floor by mistake once, and the manager just said, "Just put, them, don't tell anyone, just pick them up." No, yeah. no, yes, oh, no. And wow. it was the same manager that every time someone ordered a filéo fish, he would shout out, <laughs> he would have to shout out cod piece. Someone ordered <laughs> a cod piece. <laughs> he thought he was hilarious. He was called Mark. He he was a real wag. That one. I wonder where he is now. I don't know. Probably very high up at Burger King or something. I don't know but sorry oh. go on anyway I digress. so you were washing up and your mum I was washing up
1: it. and then I made sandwiches and uh, and but anyway I was this was for this friend of these friends of mine who ran this lovely cafe and they had a friend who worked at the BBC in uh, news programs and I I was always a massive Radio 4 listener because my yes. my mum's and well, both my parents are artists and Radio 4 was always on at home and I just was a you know listen to it all the time and I met this woman and she said, oh, if you're really into Radio 4, why don't you come in and watch a programme go out, which I did. And it was really exciting. Yeah. And it was the middle of the summer holidays. And there was a, a sort of office manager there. And she said, do you want some shifts? <laughs> we need someone to come and yeah. do some holiday cover. And so I got a job really amazingly, like just, just like that. Um, but yeah, right at the bottom of the food chain. And I gradually, I was there, only there for two years. It felt like a long time. But I gradually sort of tried to work my way up. And I did used to do shifts you know producer shifts and stuff yeah. but i never got i never I, I would sometimes interview for a producer job and i never got one and i think it was partly because i i don't know I, I i everyone else there had been sort of privately educated and been to oxbridge and done ppe politics mm-hmm. i don't even know what it stands for i didn't do it and i never felt like i really fit i didn't fit in no. and i think in some ways that was a good thing and i think they you know, certain people there really valued having this other person who had a different background and different things to say and different interests. And but I never, I just couldn't fit into that system. It's it was quite, um, you know, it's, it's quite quite regimented or or restrictive or I don't know I, what it is. I didn't yes.
0: realise that because um, it's like in politics, isn't it? You mm come up from a certain um, background yeah in general in general definitely because I never I never felt when I studied animation I never felt because I didn't go to the RCA like a lot of people did which is like the place to go to and yeah so I've always felt like a bit like I'm just making it up as I go along because I felt like I didn't do the best courses in the yeah. country but then I think it, like you say it can be a real advantage as
1: well Yeah, I I mean, I think I'm sure there is. I'm sure the BBC's changed a bit now, and I know that there are certain schemes in all these places. They're trying to get you know people from different backgrounds in, and that's great and to be applauded. But that wasn't the case really when I was there. And um, but I think you're right. I think at some level, I quite like being a misfit. I think I I think I've got you know I think we've probably got all different personalities within us. But and there's part of me that really wants to. I'm definitely a pleaser, and I want to do well. And but I also quite like not yeah I don't fit in I just don't I never mm. have I never fitted in at school and uh no. yeah, and I think it's probably my happy happy place in a funny sort of way yeah. and I think it's sort of continued in the illustration thing, not you know of course there's many more people from different backgrounds now doing illustration, but I think I definitely haven't followed any sort of path that you would expect to follow and no, no. no. no and I, no. I, think, I I think I think yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's nice. It's quite. It's quite nice, isn't
0: it? It's interesting. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that your parents are artists as well, because Ella. Um, yes. Ella, Beach, Ella Beach. I spoke to. Her parents are also. Um, did you listen to Ella? Of course. <laughs> her yeah, parents course were artists, and they lived, and they lived with two other people.
1: I know. I love that. And I think it's amazing. And funnily enough, yeah, it, I met Ella um, on an Orange Beak retreat. That's where we met, yeah. and we shared a bedroom, and um, it was like. Uh, it was almost like I sort of fell for her <laughs> as a friend, you know, like, yes. really, like, I just immediately everything. We went with the sort of same age and we fancied the same boys on Neighbours. And like it was just really, yeah, <laughs> I felt she was such a kindred spirit. Uh-huh. Uh, she's so brilliant. But, yeah, all that stuff. Even she went to Wimbledon, not, not at the same time, you know, different nice. course and stuff. But, Absolutely. like, our paths have been very similar.
0: Yeah, you're interesting. Um, yeah. I, do you know what my current... Uh, guilty
1: pleasure is. Uh, tell me, we can discuss well, this. It,
0: you just mentioned it. It's neighbours.
1: Oh, really? the new has it come because it's come back, hasn't it? It's
0: come back. It's on Amazon. It's free on Amazon with no um, adverts, and it's <laughs> it's 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 absolutely dreadful. But, yes, <laughs> but it's got this this storyline now, and it's turned into like this big murder mystery oh, show. Right. So it's suddenly really gone quite midsummer murders. Oh, Ooh. which is, it's my, good. You, it yeah. gets
1: the thumbs up from Steve. Oh,
0: well, I think so, because it's got Melanie back, it's got Toadie, it's got oh. everyone's has oh. Paul, it's got, <laughs> it's got enough old school neighbours, characters in it to um, <laughs> make it worthwhile.
1: Because yeah. I watched the final one, because I, had yes. I hadn't watched it for years. Um, and then, yes, and I thought, oh my God, it's so awful. And... You know what I remember. What I remember. One of the things I loved in the olden days was that all those horrible interiors of their houses. I couldn't believe how disgusting their interior design was. It was all
0: very dull and beige, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. But when I watched the new one, it was like you couldn't even tell one house was different from another. They were so similar. But I do remember a bit more kind of crazy paving, internal crazy paving. Wasn't yes. there in the eighties in I their houses? So.
0: Definitely, there was like yes, a lot of sort of fake brick, work, like <laughs> yes. on um oh, what's it called? Oh, I can't think. Not faux micro. Yeah, lots artex. of yeah, artex and yeah. fake textures and bricks Fabulous. that aren't really there. Fabulous! And, yeah.
1: I'm just amazing. Yeah.
0: Sorry, we keep um, talking about other things.
1: It's fine. That's so, life, isn't
0: it? Before we ca- before we carry on, we need your description. So, whereabouts in the world are you and how, how many desks have you got? Where do you work? Where are you?
1: <laughs> I'm in Gritty Vauxhall and Ooh. in my amazing studio, which is in a community centre. Mm. So, on the ground floor, there's a big hall, which on a Sunday, if you come into work on a Sunday, it, it, you can't really listen to radio four because um or studio mate steve because the church is okay. in and they have to um amplify themselves very very loudly oh. so that so that god can hear maybe but um yes so there's lots okay. of all sorts of amazing activities that happen on the ground floor and then, uh, yeah, and then on the top floor we've uh, there's some stuff in between, some dance studios and things. And on the top there's a bunch of artists, just nice. about six or seven studios. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm on the I'm on the top floor. I'm facing east, so the sun comes in in the morning, and I've got lots of plants. And I'm right by the railway track, so when the trains go past, oh, which they know. are at the moment, I don't know if you can hear them. It can be quite noisy. Not really. Nice. No, good, you can't hear it. But nice. And then my, my jigsaw puzzles fall off the wall, so I've got a lot of... A lot...
0: <laughs> off the wall? A lot... <laughs> I hope you stuck them together. What do you mean off the wall?
1: Yeah, so I collect sort of mid-century uh, jigsaw puzzles, oh. and um, they live on little... Little brackets, so they they tip backwards so that gravity keeps okay, the pieces in. I see, I see. But when the trains are really, you know, going for it, one of them might jump off the wall, and then I have to scrabble about and find all the pieces and put them all oh, back in again.
0: Um, so, do you also do modern jigsaws? Do you do you make up the jigsaws, or do you just look at those <laughs>
1: ones? From... Well, at Christmas we'll do a jigsaw. I, I get a, a I picture that. printed by one of those firms, and uh, we'll do we'll do a jigsaw them. No, I just love the design of those. Early, I mean, I guess most of mine. I'm looking at them now. Probably yeah. 60s, I think, 1960s. Okay. Um, and I particularly like the ones with the pegs. So they've got a little peg on the on the piece that comes out, so you can pull it. And and the ones that are my yeah. favourite have a have a picture behind. So um, I've got one that's a beautiful 1960s kitchen. Yeah. And you open the fridge, and inside there's sort of cold chicken. And uh, inside the cupboard, there's wonderful old hoovers. You know, those upright upright hoovers that people used to use. Um, and I've got some with little people on and you take them off and they've got, you know, they've got no clothes on underneath, but they're not pornographic. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, you'll have to, will you take some photos? Yes, on I, on will. Instagram, I okay, will. So we can I will. see part of your description. And so what is on your desk at the moment? Because you're mainly screen printing and yes. then you're digital. You? So can you tell yes. us a bit about your process as well?
1: Yeah, so um, I've got, I've got... <laughs> two desks and a massive plan chest and they're all mm-hmm. covered in I mean, one's meant to be digital but everything gets covered in everything yeah. and I've got a light box and all this bit so yeah for the book that is out Animal Crackers I screen printed uh, so yeah obviously I draw everything first of all sketches and yeah. then and then screen print but instead of screen printing all layers on top of each other which people are like I think Daisy Hurst does that but I don't know how yes, she, I do- think I th- yeah. she does yeah I think she does looking at her work which is beautiful but i uh, to keep life a bit easier i just do each color separately and i screen print each color not in the color that it's going to be but in black and then okay. i scan it into my scanner which has got a problem so i need a new one and then i work in channels stephen have you do you ever use channels on photoshop i've
0: only i've i have only used <laughs> i've only used channels yeah. when i do two color fiction right which I had to learn. Well, yes. Joe Berger, who... Yes, I know Hubble, Joe. Hubble, Bubble, Bubble, Granny Trouble. He did Fitch, uh, Two Colour Fiction with Tracy Cordray and Nosy Crow. And he gave me some pointers. Actually, when I lived in Bath, we did that. So it was good because he was in Bristol down the road. Yes. I cannot get enough of his um, cartoons. Oh,
1: he is amazing. Even oh. my children are addicted to his cartoons. Oh, so funny. That's he so is so funny. funny. He does that thing that Tor also does, Tor Freeman, where they identify a thing that you no you've noticed but you've never articulated something about modern life and you just think oh my god Um, I've experienced that and I and he's nailed it or she's nailed it and it's just delightful yeah. i think it's such a such a talent
0: and um, yeah st- i love his style because I, I also love he's very good because he can do sort of like political type cartoons and then lots of humor and then also do beautiful picture books and fiction he's got to, he did lovely chitty chitty bang bang with frank Cottrell boys he, he's just a, one of my favorite favorite illustrators joe berger yeah
1: he's great
0: i must Absolutely. get him on actually i must um, yes
1: have him have him and he's funny too
0: I will, I will. And Yasmin Ismail is on my list as well. Ooh, great. Fantastic. Um, So, sorry, back to Animal Crackers.
1: Yeah, so I work in channels. And the reason I do that is because the first thing that I ever made was a, I, I did this residency at UCL um, for, um, which was about plastic waste. And mm. there was a budget to produce something. And I thought this is my opportunity to, to try and do my first picture book. So it's before I got a, a book deal. And I was working with Ness um, Ness Wood, who I've been having tutorials with. For brilliant. a few years, she's amazing, and she said, "Why don't you do something really simple? Do a Leporello uh, uh, concertina book." And I worked with Calverts, who are based in Bethnal Green, printers, and they're a workers' cooperative, so they all get paid the same amount, and they're yeah. just brilliant. They pr- do beautiful, beautiful things. So I did this three-color concertina book. And...
0: It's good. I'm looking at it now. So you've got oh, thank it. you. Is it a, a pink, purple, yellow? What? So what are the three colors? Because the three overlapping... colors overlapping yeah it blows my mind oh
1: yeah well it's just basically like screen print but it's neon pink yellow yeah. and blue right.
0: um
1: so yeah they said oh yeah just just you know just all you got to do is send us those three files the ne- neon pink and the yellow and the blue yeah. a- and in channels and I was like well I don't understand what you're talking about so it was it was Calvert's who who got me to work this way okay. and once I'd made that I was like okay that's how you make a book thinking that's mm. how everybody does it and of course it's <laughs> not really no. and so, <laughs> so that's how I made animal crackers and then uh, um Ness happened, happened completely coincidentally, I think, uh, to be the art director on Animal Crackers. And so I said, oh, I'm going to make it this way. And, and she said, brilliant, brilliant. And then I made all the artwork and then she said, right, I need the TIFFs. I need everything as TIFFs. And when I tried to turn the channels thing oh. into TIFFs, it, there was what? no, like, it was empty. It was just oh, no. empty, I know. So I had to do a massive workaround. So I still oh, work no. that way, even though I know it adds an Absolute headache, extra layer uh, to everything I'm doing. And I, when I start on a project, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to do that thing at the end. But I just don't worry about it. I just get on with it and work it all it right, out it will, later.
0: Yeah, it'll affect your creativity. Your exactly. Yeah.
1: And the good thing about working channels for me is that you assign a Pantone to each channel. And yeah. I'm sure there's. I've asked Ella Beach about how you do it another way. And she's like, oh, you definitely can do it if you do multiply something, something, something. And sure. but it, it seems even more complicated to me. And this is the way it works. So everything every color gets a channel every pantone yes. gets a channel i've got my little pantone book in real life which costs a fortune but it's great because then you I can do see what the know. colors are so I know it's so expensive it's ridiculous and it took me a while to to splash out but i'm pleased i did and um yeah so that's how i work and it's crazy and actually i'm about to start another book that's going to be made in a different way and i don't know mm-hmm. how i'm going to do it
0: Oh. Still starting with screen print or no? Well, it's
1: got screen print in it, oh. but it's going to have drawing like like in my sketchbook.
0: Oh, that sounds so, nice. Yes. Is that also with Rocket Bird? Books?
1: No. So I've got another book out with Rocket Bird in May 2024, which is called Invisible Dogs. <sighs>
0: Oh. That... <laughs> I is it just back? is it just backgrounds and leads? <laughs> well
1: how, how do you how would you draw an invisible dog? I mean it was
0: I just it. drew one. <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> yeah. it up now.
1: It's it's a masterpiece. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god, this sounds incredible. What um can you tell us any more about it? it sounds brilliant. I,
1: I, I probably can. I um I mean there's a picture it's it's on the HarperCollins website, the, the front cover, so I can tell you The very exciting thing about it is that it's got a uh, it's got a neon Pantone or fluorescent. It's got a fluorescent pink in it. So the invisible dogs are actually fluorescent pink. So they're highly, highly visible. They're like, but because because they're treated in a different way, because they're fluorescent, they I hope they read as not the same as everything else that's happening in the book. Does that make sense? It doesn't really, does it? it but basically,
0: does. I'm st- I am still listening, but I'm trying <laughs> to find it. I'm trying to find it. Hold on, I clicked um, on something. Oh, oh, it looks good.
1: Yeah. Now I was okay. There's one thing that worries. me. <laughs> hold- oh, I see because she's holding. She's holding two. You can't tell on the internet. On the she's on- holding two. She's holding two dots. Yes. Or did you say she's holding poo? Because there is a picture where she is holding poo.
0: No, she's holding two. At, at first, <laughs> I thought, because you can see the fluffy dog on the left-hand yes. side, I thought it was their tail going around the back of her. Oh, but yes. then I see that there's two, yes, she's holding two
1: She's holding two dogs. dogs, two invisible dogs, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're invisible, but they're visible. We know they're there because we're, you know, we're, we're children and we understand her yeah. language, but the adults can't see them.
0: So um, you were working with the HarperCollins team in the UK, is that? This is
1: this is Rocketbird, but you know it's been bought by HarperCollins, or not bought by, but you know HarperCollins owns Barrington Stoke, which Rocketbird is an imprint of Barrington Stoke, so that's why it's on
0: the I always get so confused with all the books and everything. I didn't realise. So no, well that's new. Yeah, it's very new, isn't it? They've got some amazing books. Oh, what's the? um... Oh, it's so good. Oh, San Francisco. Oh.
1: Yes, lovely. Oh, lovely Sarah.
0: Sarah. Isn't she brilliant? She's I great. Sarah. Absolutely great. So I'm, looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to more and more of her books as well. Yeah, me too. Just brilliant. And, oh, so it went Invisible Dogs out? It's out in May.
1: Invisible Dogs is out in May, yeah. And that has been made almost the same way as Animal Crackers, but instead of actually screen printing all the black which then becomes a colour, I drew it all on paper because there's just there's something... I counted how many people I'd drawn through the book and it's like over 100, so... Oh, my goodness. I thought it would be... I could do more. I could do more detail if I didn't go through the whole screen print palaver. Yes, yeah. And it looks similar, but there is a different... It does feel a bit different.
0: Yeah. Um, And so where did you get the idea for Animal Crackers?
1: Animal Crackers was... um, It was lockdown and I was doing some do you, you know good shit illustration did that friday night i do if, yes club. if yeah. people
0: don't know it's I, oh, I do a bit of an impression and i won't because it's no it's like hello, the, <laughs> hello the good illustration. <laughs> they're all uh, lovely um, so so nice i love listening to their podcast <laughs> me and too they, and they do lots of crazy things like today we're going to do a drawing underneath a cardboard box and all, laid <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I never, I, I'm desperate to join in one Friday. Oh, you Friday. must.
1: Well, they used to. They, 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 they can't. Do, I think they probably just haven't so got time to do it every weekend. Yeah, but yeah. They yeah. used to. In lockdown, they did it every Friday and it was lovely because, uh, you know, there was a lot, lot, lot of sort of Zoom drinks and stuff, which I found quite exhausting. Yeah, but, but this was lovely because, A, you're an right. They had An activity. We yeah. didn't have to speak. We're not on camera. They are the one bless them, doing all the work, really, with their lovely, beautiful voices. And being all encouraging and sweet to each other, and you think, oh, I'm part of this thing, even though I'm actually not having to be on display. It was great. And so and it was like draw whatever you've got around, which was for me always stuff in the kitchen. So I was drawing a lot of food packets and you know, love, love food packet design, always, you know, been you know, thought that there's a lot of design classics in our kitchen cupboards, really.
0: So it was obvious to draw
1: that stuff. And then I began to notice how many animals there are on packets. So yeah. I sort of started to kind of collect them and I thought, has anyone done a story where they come to life, you know, like things come to life in films and books all the time. Things come yeah. out of, you know, things, characters come to life out of books or, yeah. you know, cars come to life or whatever. And I thought, has anyone actually done the animals on the, on the food pack, like the, you know, the monkey on the um, Cocoa Pops box and the, yeah. yes, the, uh, uh, what's he called? The lion on, um, what's that stuff? Syrup, golden syrup, all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I thought that, that could be a story. Anyway, and at the same time, I, did a, um, I gave a talk for Orange Beak. They got three of us to do an online talk about, I guess, just having worked with Orange Beak and how our careers were sort of beginning. Mm. It was me and Emma Farrons and Jen Baranozka. Right, yeah. And Libby Hamilton, who is my editor or has been my editor, um, watched that talk and then got in touch with me a few days later, wow. I think she must have contacted Jodie and said, let's have a meeting. So yeah. I, I said to her, uh, I'd really, really like to do a story, which has something to do with this, something to do with the animals coming to life on the, mm. on the food packets. And she said, great. I, I think she could tell I was just excited about it. I said, but I haven't got a story. And she said, don't worry, a story will come. Yes. Which was an amazing thing to be told because... Oh, writing's so hard.
0: <laughs> it is. And, it can, and ideas can come, like I just did a little video for 500 words, just saying, right, yes. if you're stuck and you know, you've know you only got a few days left and if you want to get a story out there, do a scribble, draw, yeah. draw something, go for a walk. Just, just you don't have to start by sitting with a notebook or a typewriter or a computer and just start typing. It's often the worst way for some people.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's the worst way for me. I just can't yeah. do it. I can't yeah. do it. I think walking is good. I think if you're, yeah. I, I did. I did write one story that's never gone anywhere, but it's got a rhythm, and it's it, the rhythm came because I was walking and I was walking. just mulling these words oh. over in my head. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Don't sit at your studio. Like, don't even have any paper with you. Probably is the best yeah, way to write. Don't force it. If it's, yeah. yeah.
0: If, if it's not happening, don't force it. Do you've got to do something else, even if it's for ten minutes, and you'll find that Definitely. when you sit back down, you'll just have a different outlook.
1: Definitely. Definitely. But my God, it's the hardest bit. I think it's the hardest bit of this whole process, is the writing.
0: It is, but the story eventually came, though.
1: The story eventually came with the massive help of Libby and also I've got a daughter who is desperate, desperate for a pet. And I thought, well, that is a really, really common oh. thing. And I was desperate for a pet and I got some pets and they <laughs> all died. And... Is
0: that where invisible dogs come from? <laughs> uh, You've got well, one, darling. Here's I your invisible dog.
1: <laughs> I, well, to be honest, yes. Except, it, no, it wasn't even me. Poor thing. So so in, in Animal Crackers, the kid wants a pet. And I was really determined that the kid shouldn't end up getting a pet because not all of us. Can have no, especially pets. at the moment, cost of living and everything. Yeah, it's exactly. A luxury. Yeah. yeah, and they've got all these ideas about how a pet's going to be. And I do you remember like getting, when I got my gerbil, it was such a disappointment, really. And, oh, yeah. you know,
0: well, I got oh. two um, Russian dwarf hamsters, and one of them ate the other one. So we were. Oh, ever that's since so then,
1: upsetting.
0: Ever since then, we didn't really like the one that was left because was like, oh, you killer.
1: <laughs> and it probably stayed alive for years, didn't it? You probably
0: Not, well, probably at least a year, I think. Oh, yes. And then I had a I had a terrapin. <laughs> I don't think I don't oh. think you're supposed to have terrapins, but um, I had a terrapin called Casper, yeah. named yeah. after Casper the Ghost, the
1: friendly ghost. Yet.
0: Yeah. And me, mum, and dad were in the garden one afternoon, and I made a big sort of pen for the terrapin. <laughs> and we all fell asleep, woke up, and the terrapin had gone. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen, never saw him never again. again. I don't know whether a bird swept down and got him. I don't know if he crawled, because there's a canal at the back of my parents' garden. Oh, I don't well. know if he crawled yes. up the canal, or whether one day there's going to be an absolutely ginormous terrapin that comes and eats me and my parents on Christmas Day or something, seeking revenge. From well, the
1: there girl. you go. That's an idea for a story.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lovely, relaxing yeah, lovely. bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. I Pets are difficult. And I think probably yeah. parents often get kids pets because they want to teach them about how to cope with bereavement because they always just oh. die, don't they? Oh,
0: they do. Anyway, unfortunately. They do yeah. rather. Don't yeah. listen, Bob. Bob's gone in the, oh, no, gone, no, Bob's God, gone in the bedroom. You can't Bob's brilliant.
1: It. No, uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so that, the, yeah, the kid in the story wants a pet. She doesn't get a pet. She gets all the animals from the animal crackers, yeah. tins and uh, yeah, and chaos ensues.
0: Brilliant. Um, but, yeah,
1: and then the second book is also about. Uh, well, it's actually more of a story. It's funny enough. The second book, um, "Invisible Dogs," is comes out of a conversation I had with my daughter. She started. She held out her hand, and I said, "What's what are you doing?" And she said, "Oh, I'm I'm holding my invisible dogs." Oh. And and it was so sweet. And we walked to school, and she was just telling me all about these invisible dogs. And at a certain point, I started recording it. Yeah, with my phone because I just thought this is amazing the detail she was going into like this one's called this and I put her hair up and she, you know, this is where she sleeps and all that stuff Stuff. so the, yeah. the second book is almost verbatim that conversation uh, That's so nice is in there. Yeah.
0: Isn't it so nice and she saved you so much work as well <laughs> So
1: much work and also it was, funnily enough she was having quite a difficult time at school not for any real reason, like the school's lovely but she just wasn't happy Right. and it was like she the dogs were helping her get to school and be at school so this is it's really a story about um about struggling at school but not not because school's horrible but because no. we all just struggle at some point
0: oh god yeah i remember well PE as someone i was on the radio this morning talking about how much they dreaded PE and it brought mm. back because that if i hadn't if i didn't have to do PE i would have absolutely loved secondary school yeah, but it ruined. I always had football on a Monday morning, and it wrecked my entire weekend because I was just dreading oh. playing football in the rain and being picked on because I was hopeless at it. And then if you're hopeless at football, they put you in goals, and it's like, well, I'm not going to be a good <laughs> goalkeeper either. So, <laughs> and then you get blamed for the goals. it's like, well, well, I'm not going to dive into the mud, am I? Look at me.
1: Oh, it's so cruel, Stephen. Awful. It is hard, isn't it? It's just really. I think being a kid is really hard. It is, it and is. wonderful. But uh, anyway, it's apparently it's very good to exp- if they express it. Yes, So it feels yeah. hard hearing your child having a difficult time, but I think it's really good that they're just talking about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's so much better now because you can just be more open with your teachers if if, if you want Definitely. to be, and you can just sort out problems more easily these days. But in the eighties, when I was I a boy, it just, just you couldn't really say much, or it was brutal. You, you dared and talk about your feelings.
1: No, no. I think we're all traumatized,
0: mm, and we had it better than the, than the
1: generation before.
0: Yes. Yeah, we did. I mean, that explains our parents and grandparents.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's
0: a terrible attitude now, Jacob. Um, now, Ruby, we've got we've we've been so long. We haven't got that long left, and we've got you have had um, because you've got you've got hundreds and hundreds and thousands of followers on social media, which I think is why you have got the most questions I've ever had on <laughs> the <TV. laughs> So we better get going through some
1: of Quick fire. We can do quick fire questions. Oh, sort
0: of. So. Well, we can take a bit of
1: time. We can take a bit okay, of time. OK, OK, uh, Now,
0: I've got... We, uh, I mention her all the time. She's obviously one of my best friends and one of your good friends as well. Uh, Tor Freeman says, Aww. Hi, Ruby. Good start. I've enjoyed your writing about translating your sketches from life into finished illustrations. What is it that you feel gets lost between the two sometimes? And what do you prefer about traditional media to working digitally?
1: oh mm. yeah I have been writing about this on my substack yes
0: because... from sketch to, to finish yes. illustration
1: oh it's so hard Stephen and I think everyone, everyone struggles with it
0: yeah
1: I think the thing is when I'm, when I'm sketching I'm really in the moment when I'm like when I'm out drawing from life which I say I try and do every day and recently I haven't done it for probably a week yeah Uh, but it's my only sort of mindful (laughs) activity Mm -hmm. it's the only time I'm not checking my phone or worrying about something it's like yeah so there is some different part of my brain that is active when I'm doing that than when I'm doing anything else including the other illustration and I don't know how I I just don't know what the answer is I don't know how to move from one thing into another and right. the other thing is if I go out drawing with a friend which I love doing um I'd always do my worst ever drawings and it's and it's, the, it's, it's it's either the pressure of being watched by someone very talented or it's um because I'm chatting and I'm listening and it's yeah. like there's some other thing that's going on so I don't know you have to trick it's it's all about how to trick yourself isn't it yes uh, how to trick yourself I don't yeah. know I think you just have to do a lot again over and over again and like like everyone always says, on not very precious paper and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. don't know, don't know. Please, can someone give me the answer? Well, I, uh,
0: this works for me. I yeah, do my... This is my, it's kind of an excuse. My publishers hate me. My, rough, <laughs> my roughs are so bad that my actual final artwork is kind of all new in a way because my characters are so basic, there's hardly anything underneath. So I'm doing the final artwork over the top but sort of more gesturally, mm. um, I'm, I'm not just colouring in between the lines, if you like. I'm sort of making it up as I go along, but it's planned making it up as I go along. And it kind of keeps it fresh-ish.
1: Yes. So yeah, I think you're right. Method. And I did hear Mark Majewski on the Orange Beak Talk the other night saying basically the same thing. That if you don't, if your yeah. roughs are just very barely there then that yeah. really helps. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that because that's yeah. what I've got to tackle for hopefully for the next thing that I do.
0: The only thing is then it takes longer to do the final artwork because you're still kind of designing it and think making all those decisions that you would have made in a more uh, detailed rough. So yes. it's kind of a double-edged sword, really. Yes, just different people work out their different methods, don't they? And that's yes. all you can do. You've just you've just got to find your own way because you can you can listen to as many interviews and talks and look at as many books, but until you get down to doing it yourself, you've just got to find your own methods.
1: Definitely, and I'm sure that as I you know have more practice, you know you you're you're such a professional. Like I've only done two books, so yeah, you learn so much, don't you, with everything that you do?
0: You do, you do. Although then it's still. I still don't, I never relax into a book really until right near the end Yeah, when I'm doing the cover or something like, oh, that's what that character should have looked yes. like for the last three
1: months.
0: <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't happen easily still, no, even it after doesn't. It so many years, which I think is good because it keeps you slightly anxious in a good way and I keeps think so. you pu- yeah pushing yourself a little bit.
1: Definitely. And wanting to do the best thing. And that's, that's why you're good
0: yes yes you just mm. got to keep going got to keep going yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was a good question thank you very tall. good tall. um this is from amy hope yes hello amy amy hope can you ask ruby Wright? this is this is for me in your podcast i don't know what how do you deal how do you deal with rejection and keep <sighs> motivated oh, Ooh, a
1: good one, amy. it's a really good one amy i mean you get a lot of it don't you rejection I yeah um gosh I was thinking about this this morning and thinking I sent off so much work before I was ready yeah. um at the beginning <laughs> like I thought I was so much better than I was and it's kind of brutal isn't it uh and I think having I have I mean Ness has been with me I don't even know but maybe I've been working you know having tutorials with Ness for maybe four four years maybe even five gosh. and having that one person there as a you know, just saying you will get there. You just will. You will get there. Was yeah. that is really, really helpful because I would have given up without that sort of hand holding. Because I think at the right at the beginning, I thought I'll give myself eighteen months to get a book deal, which is just absolutely laughable. Because I think it took seven years or something. But and I thought because I thought I can't just waste my time pursuing yeah. something if it's never going to happen. Because no. I might be rubbish. Like I might never get published. And so, yeah, having someone there who's who's advocating for you even just to yourself is so helpful I think because rejection is but then some I I think I think it's a good shit thing actually I think they said you've got to try and I think Katie Katie Chappell said she tried to get 100 rejection rejection letters in a year and I thought wow that's an that's I mean that's resilience but I think it's true once you've got one on two and three they don't hurt as much and I think the other thing that was helpful for me is always having something that could happen so maybe having submitted something to someone, even though I wasn't really ready, but and I probably wouldn't do that again now. But that idea that this thing will, is a no, but I've still got that thing that I haven't heard back from yet. I found no. that quite helpful knowing that maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then you've got to, at some point, you have to have some positive news, right? Otherwise, you definitely yes. would give up.
0: Yes.
1: So it's probably lowering your expectations and maybe entering a competition that is a bit more local or you doesn't yeah. have quite the same number of people applying, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, competition entering competitions is always one of my big top tips because it just gets yes. you out of your comfort zone it and does. forces you to draw something that you definitely wouldn't ever want to write yourself, but definitely get you noticed. it could be really good. Thing.
1: Absolutely. and um, although I have to say that I stopped entering things that you have to pay for
0: with the oh, exception yes, of Bologna.
1: No, I no, think that's really no. just such a swiz like yes. yeah being that's rejected true. and having forked out 20 quid for the privilege just that's <laughs> yes, even thanks. worse isn't it that's <laughs> yeah. a bargain.
0: We, yeah. say, we keep um we keep mentioning the Good Ship illustration so yeah yes. if you don't know about it you must listen to the podcast they also do incredible courses and it's Helen Stevens Katie Chappell and Tanya Willis and they are experts in their field the, what Katie Chappell does but I couldn't do it the live drawing and to um mm. I, I, I don't know how she does it it's incredible no. and it all looks so beautiful as well. It does, yeah. If I did live illustration work, I would never get any money. <laughs> That would be sent out the door.
1: (laughs) I did a thing the other day with some children. It was really sweet and I made them all shout an an animal out and I drew it on a flip chart and they all looked the same. They all had, they all had, (laughs) they were all pointing in the same direction. They all had four legs in a row. I mean, it was awful, Steve. Awful. (laughs) I thought, oh, this would be easy and it wasn't because I was talking and drawing and oh man, it was a disaster.
0: It's awful. You can guarantee that, yeah, someone, what I do when I do, um, well, live drawing with, with kids is I'll say, right, let's create a monster guys it could be absolutely anything that you like. It could be a oh what could it be? It could be a unicorn. It and could then they all a go. dragon. It could have a dragon tail and I, <laughs> I emphasise what it could be and they always shout
1: out oh a unicorn! or oh, maybe a yeah. unicorn. I'm like, Yay. Yes. I had I had to draw two unicorns that day and there were only about uh, ten kids there. Uh, 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 uh. And there's the um,
0: lasting power of a unicorn. I, 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 know. I When How to Grow a Unicorn came out, I thought, oh, we've missed this boat. No one's going to
1: buy
0: it. Um, <laughs> no. And it sold and sold because unicorns are just for, they forever, them. Um, you know, with Skandar as, as well for middle grades. And yeah, unicorns, everyone loves them still. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, so we've got another question. Thank you, Amy Hope, for that yeah, question. Yeah, thank you. Thomas Begley says, I'm so excited that you're interviewing Ruby. Right? Will you ask her about her life drawing process? I think her drawings are just amazing.
1: That's so sweet. That's um, really kind. I just okay. This was another Ness thing. So I didn't. I didn't draw from life really before I started working with Ness, and she said just draw all the time. And so I did. And I and she said you've got children. <laughs> just use them. <laughs>
0: That
1: was, so a good impression. that was a good impression yeah. of I Ness. Can't help. I can't, I can't, I can't be, I have to be Ness. Like she's, she's just, oh, she's so brilliant. Um, she, yeah, she just, uh, what is my process? I have, okay, so I have an A4 sketchbook, which I keep yeah. in my bag all the time, even though it's quite heavy. Um, and some pencils and some crayons and a bit of the graphite, water-soluble graphite now. And basically I always am drawn to people so there's lots of lovely illustrators who do unbelievably beautiful like lovely buildings or gorgeous things you know lovely plants and I can't I can't draw the countryside I grew up in the countryside and I love it and I need to be in it but I cannot draw it because it's as far as I can see, it's too beautiful, and I can't ever do it justice. So I'm <laughs> much record. more interested in like bins, uh, bins, <laughs> telegraph, telephone wires, uh, like guttering. You know, all the sort of mess, yeah. the detritus of life and the city. Yeah, I think the city is my big, my big muse. But but my dad, who's a photographer, said to me years and years ago, "Your photographs will only be interesting if they've got people in them." Um, that's his experience. He, uh, okay, and of course, okay. people take amazing photos that don't have people in, but I think he's right. There's something that roots, is you, something that you can obviously um, emotionally engage with if there's a yeah, figure. Yeah, and the
0: focal point. Yes. Instantly, yeah.
1: And it yeah. also roots it in time. You know, if you look at a photograph from any era, if there's a photograph in it, you can pretty much guess when it was taken because of what somebody's wearing, really. Yes. And, um, so, yeah. And so, yes, so there's pretty much always got to be a person in my drawing. And right. funny enough, I start. Somebody noticed this because I think I did a little sped up video thing on something, mm. and they said, "Oh, you start with the hands." And I hadn't noticed that I do that, but I. I do. do so, you? Yeah, I start with hands, oh. which is probably not very good for sort of getting proportions right because I'm not mapping out the whole body or anything. I'm starting wow. with the thing that might that that I suppose that I'm most draw you know most interested in. Um, so yeah, get the thing that you're most interested in right there, and make sure exactly. that the rest of the stuff's going to fit on the page that you're interested okay. in. Um, yeah, and I suppose yeah my children do things like that. when they read or whatever they put themselves in really weird positions that adults don't like they'll put their feet up on the back of the sofa or whatever it yeah, is and that's the thing down. i want yeah exactly yeah, that's yeah. the thing i want to capture um, I, so always, you
0: get... I used to watch tv upside down with uh, on the sofa with my legs over the other <laughs> yes. end and then my head yeah, I remember dangling down the Muppet show. yeah like brilliant
1: that. yeah. yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> does that answer that question
0: i think so yeah because you do so much of it like you say the busier you get you'll probably find the busier you get with the picture books as mm. well and when you're over when you're not working on one at a time or maybe working on two or yeah, three exactly. at a time, then you might it might become a bit of a luxury doing i know
1: i hope it room, i hope i still to manage to do it yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, it's yeah, really it, important it, it's and it feeds the it feeds it you know it's it's totally integral to the work even though i haven't managed to quite yet make the two marry As one artwork, as it were.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, uh, Now, sort of related to this, I've got a question from Rebecca McConaughey who says, Now, I don't, I don't, I'm so sorry, I don't remember you, but I taught her in 2013. Oh, how nice. City Lit. Now, I bet if I saw saw you in person, Rebecca, I would absolutely say, Of course, it's you, but I can't quite remember, so I do (laughs) apologise. um she says i have a question for ruby which is as follows hello ruby i am a huge fan of your observational work and i love how you develop these sketches into risograph is it risograph mm. Rizogra-
1: oh steve i'm the wrong person to ask because i just always get it wrong Rizogra- I, think Rizogra- ri- Rizogra- I think it's right Rizogra- i think it's riso Rizogra- but i say riso Rizogra- which is wrong definitely wrong whatever yeah. i say it's wrong don't say what
0: i, I say potato you say yeah <laughs> um uh developed these sketches into risograph risograph prints um she says she's bought a few as well she has thank you beck and finished illustrations what are your tips for developing sketchbook work into proper illustrations without Mm. losing that vibrancy i mean we talked about that but um, how how do you do let's talk about the risograph so how do they work
1: well it's a little bit like the um the the channels thing so you basically separate your layers and then you send them off and they print them. And it's lovely. It's a lovely process and it's quite eco as well. Apparently the ink's very like plant-based. Um, but yeah, I think, oh gosh, I, what I've been doing actually more recently, now I've yeah. got tons of sketchbooks, is looking back I've been doing these zines, like printing zines yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love oh, it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. But um, yeah, so looking back and seeing the themes that I'm interested in, and it's really nice after a certain amount of time to think, oh, gosh, I've done tons of drawings of people on the beach, or, yeah. um, you know, I could, put, and I've done sort of ones of people on the train and stuff. So I think just looking back at, at those. Oh, I just done some. I've just done some riso risos about pe- children in um, museums, right. which has been really nice to do. In fact, I entered them for the Bologna Illustrators. Exhibition. Oh yes, oh yeah, because you have to do some things on the theme. So I think it's really oh, just build up, just just draw, build up what you're interested in, and then and then decide what to do with it later. I think yeah. it's the only thing I absolutely. can say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, we've got a, another question from the brilliant Damien Jones who's Ooh. fantastic he says who's your go-to for inspiration and do you find inspiration from any unusual places where well, you've already mentioned flight like, for your children and obviously a lot of your drawing in the day that's you know uh, yes. positions and bins
1: yes um, oh an advert. I love an advert yeah I, I've always loved adverts Steve like uh, me and my cousin Maisie used to learn you know I'm sure we all did this but you know the lean cuisine advert we just sort of oh, tell oh, each other it all the time and sing the songs and they, yeah well, how did the
0: lean cuisine one go well I don't actually
1: know if I can now remember but we used to just go lean cuisine to each other all the time we just thought it was like really really funny <laughs> do it in huggies and like we were just we just spouted stupid <laughs> I remember
0: like um like there cuisine was cuisine. um do you remember birds Eye potato waffles,
1: waffles, the versatile.
0: yeah those 80s adverts exactly they were, they were and really shaken, good
1: I know I saw her in at the theatre that woman um I just yeah what? they're Hold so on. stupid I know magic what do you mean
0: on, on the stage or sitting it, on the
1: stage no on the stage it said you know blah 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 ah. been in the Shaken Back advert and I, that's all I can remember I don't even remember what the play was I just remember I saw the Shaken Back but um yeah I love the mentalness of of 80 in fact there's still you know there's still some adverts now that have that like we used to get shouted at in the 80s like those um you know even ties about chocolatey you know all that sort of stuff you're <laughs> like whoa all right i mean <laughs> we don't need any more simulation we're full of cocoa pops. for goodness sake <laughs> yeah. but um so yeah i still i'm sorry it's a very long way of saying i'm still drawn to adverts but but yeah. now posters you know i love if i can stick yeah. a poster in my in my drawing and have that juxtaposition of this is the lifestyle you could be lead- leading if you bought our lovely product and yet and here's the man who looks a bit depressed sitting on the train or whatever it is, I, I just, yeah, I love all that definitely. stuff so yeah, I mean the city I think is a big inspiration but
0: yeah.
1: um, in terms of like artists and I mean, I think it's, I mean there's so many picture books and illustrators that I love but I think looking for inspiration for my picture books I try not to do too much looking at picture books because then you can end up yes. being depressed because everything's so brilliant or yes. being, trying, trying to do a bad copy of something, so drawing from film has been really amazing and that's something that um a, a woman i know called anna Leppler, who's icelandic she does it i think she does it with the royal drawing school and she posts her beautiful oh. drawings that she's done from films regularly and i've i did that when i was feeling a bit flat i just sat and watched whatever there was on iplayer um yeah. and just did little thumbnails from um beautiful films and just looking at the way that directors frame things that was really really helpful Right. And, I've, that's, yeah, I've definitely relied quite heavily on that for Invisible Dogs. Right. So, yeah, look at film. Look at film. It's really good, I
0: think. Yes. Yeah, that's a good tip. Mm.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I just making me think about 80s adverts now. I want to go and. Oh, yes. Quite a few, there's quite a few Instagram um, people that are just posting 80s and 90s adverts. Yes. So there's a few to follow. And there's some brilliant ones. My current favourite advert is the rather weird, slightly suggestive Marmite advert. Have oh. you seen it? Is it on the telly? It's puppets.
1: No, eating, I haven't.
0: Eating marmite and one of them spread... It, it sort of goes like spread spread that, like that. The, oh. it's, really, it's really weird. Ooh. And then one of them sort of gags because they put too much marmite on the toast. And it's, look, look up the news I will. Right Thank it. very, you. Very I'll,
1: it'll be a diversion from the Christmas adverts that are now just yes. invading us.
0: Yes, and there's no good ones yet this year either.
1: No, I agree
0: um karen scudder says ruby you capture moments and expression so well is this something that comes intuitively or do you make many drawings to get there mm.
1: that's very kind thank you i think i think i'm most happy with deadpan expressions So i think right.
0: <laughs> mostly uh, my characters
1: uh, look a bit glum <laughs> And I think I have to work really hard to get them to do other things. So uh, I struggle. And gosh, as soon as someone has to open their mouth in a picture book, how do you cope with that? How do you do uh, that, Stephen?
0: Um, well, there aren't, yes, there's not that many mouth positions you can really use because sometimes they just look dreadful, don't yes. they? So I have a general, either a smile or a frowny mouth or yes. a slightly open. My tip yeah. is to never show the top teeth. Just show At a little, all? I don't think I do no, because it instantly makes them look like a dentist or something. I do yeah. bottom teeth and a bit of, with, a, with a tiny bit of tongue showing if the mouth is open.
1: Okay, this is very helpful because I think I probably do do top teeth with just one line in the middle,
0: rather oh, yeah, than lots yeah. of teeth.
1: But I think yeah. I don't. I've definitely not got it right yet, so I'm going to try that. Yeah. Bottom teeth and a tongue.
0: Just bottom teeth and a bit of oh. It still makes the char- keeps the character looking charming and not scary or awful. But yeah, mouths are very tricky. Very. I think mouths are trickier than hands and feet, actually. Oh,
1: much. I, I think feet are trickier than hands, and mouths are- mouths are the worst.
0: Yes, feet getting a foot shape right. I was drawing <sighs> them yesterday, and it's like, oh my. I oh, know.
1: So how can it be that difficult?
0: I know they're just yes the the hand the the hands of the legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now we've got one <laughs> more we've got time for one more question, I think. And this is from I think it's Bibia or Bibia. Beer, Beer. Beer. Yeah. There you Bia. go, B Y B I A.
1: Yeah, she's called Bea.
0: Oh, there you go. That's Hello Beer. Bia. Bia. Yes. Bia says, I love Ruby's work. She's such a rock star. Wow, rock star. <laughs> My question is about when you're writing your stories, do you follow a structure, for instance, from start to end, or would I be would it be built more organically? And is the text and images being built at the same time or one first than the other? We've kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, and then she says, and tell us about the great outfit you designed for the launch.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah, we have talked about the story stuff a bit. I, I, yeah. It's very much, you know, find my feet as we go along. And I'm definitely working on the images at the same time. Yes. Because, I, yeah, I need to, I think. Y- you need. They feed into each other, don't they, if you're doing both? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, um, okay. and the the outfit for the launch was I got my end papers printed on <sighs> fabric, and my lovely friend and studio next door studio mate Suki yeah. made it into a jumpsuit, which is fantastic. But I put it on the other day, and I'm a bit getting a bit fat for it, so I had oh to separate. No. <laughs> to separate the top from the bottom and I just wore it. So now I've got a lovely jacket. <laughs> she
0: which put is, da- she put <laughs> in some dark What you put dance.
1: in dark Oh, she could have done, but I think I also feel like it's quite nice <laughs> not to be head to toe dressed in your book, but just, just, just okay. head, head to waist. Yeah. Is, is very good, and I look a bit less like a wannabe '80s TV children's TV presenter.
0: And we can so. we can see all this on your Instagram as well, <laughs> yes, can't we? It's, can. all, it's, all it's all there.
1: Oh, it is. I can't. know. Really,
0: I mean, there's more questions as well, but we need to um, discuss uh, this week's studio mate. Steve suggests. Yes. Now, have you got a book that you'd like to talk about?
1: Yes, of course. I've struggled because it's so hard, isn't it? With someone, yeah. yeah. And so I was going to, one of the options was I'm an Artist by Marta Altes, which I think is, have ah, <gasps> you got it?
0: It's so funny. I've got it and I made sure that I got one of those lovely soft toys that oh, went with it. They're lucky so you.
1: It's so funny and it's just such a perf- I think such a perfect story yeah. for children. Um, so that is one option. But then I thought, I'm going to. Is it all right to choose um, my Baba's Garden by Jordan Scott and Sydney Smith? Have you got that one?
0: I don't think I know it. What's no. it called again? My, again. Baba's my
1: Baba's Garden.
0: My Bubba's Garden. I'm going to Google it now. Hold on. I like this. It went to surprise and then something new.
1: Yes. Well, my it's Baba's it's um garden. Sydney Smith, who's the illustrator, is extraordinary, and I saw him do a talk the other night, which was fantastic, and I think he's got another one coming up soon, which is with Orange Beak. Which people can book Ooh, on, and I, have I really seen re- this
0: cover. I've seen this yeah. cover; it looks gorgeous. I must have a look at this.
1: So it's. I, I bought it the other day because I because I love his work, and I read it to my children, and I couldn't read it to the end without I had to. I burst into tears, and my oh, son yeah. had to finish. I you know. It's that oh, bad? Oh. I, I wonder if it's a, I wonder if it's a picture book for adults, but the kids loved it. But they're quite. They're a bit grown up. My kids now, but it's a story about a relationship between a granny who is polish i think and doesn't speak much english and her grandson who speaks english and he gets dropped off at her house every morning before he goes to school and she does this terribly sweet thing. so she's clearly she's been a refugee and when he drops his food she picks it up and kisses it and gives it back to him and i thought that's so sweet and they collect worms when it's raining so they don't drown in the puddles and then she puts them in her garden And in the end, of course, she gets old and has to come and live with him. And she doesn't die, thank God, in the book, but obviously she does ultimately. But it is such a... Oh, my God. He captures... Well, he... he cap, the, the story is absolutely exquisite, but the illustrations capture light and memory and that sort of sense of he, he's really good at moving between Sydney Smith between things that are in the distance that are quite mm. hazy and it could mm. be in the distance in time or physically and then something that's very up close and sharp exactly. and in your I'm face. just
0: looking, I found there's quite a lot of it online actually and the yeah. grandma's expression in her face yes. is just so lovely isn't it's it? It's
1: exquisite yeah and there's, and, the, and the scene of her kitchen with the light shining through the window yeah. is amazing and I think um also i think it's interesting because he obviously uses photographs you can't i think there's quite a lot of his images you think you, he, he couldn't possibly yeah. have captured that without a photograph but there's yeah. none of that tightness that people that i've no. had previously no. trying to work from a photograph like he does that so that's quite nice to see um somebody doing that really successfully and that's yeah,
0: the it... same team so that's jordan scott and sydney smith and they also did i love the other, uh, i talk like a river yes well. exactly the covers yeah. are good the light the lighting on both of the covers. It's just incredible isn't it that big that block of white like a like a white yeah. outline yeah that could look sort of just like a white outline but it, it just looks beautiful the light you, you know it like don't walking. you, you yeah
1: you know it's the light shining through the fuzz of her jumper or the yes. hair on his head or the
0: hairs so on the poppy
1: so clever and he captures like the dust little dust particles in the air yeah in the light yeah it's amazing and he's just done another one which I just bought called do you remember which is about his parents Ooh. splitting up okay. and I've just you know I, I yeah which is amazing and I love how he has got that real oh you know he's captured something that's so upsetting about his own childhood and you think I, I sort of my parents put it up when I was 13 and I sort of think yeah. god I'd love to be able to capture some of that but how do you yeah. anyway I think it's probably a lifetime's work but wouldn't it be amazing to be able to give a bit of your own story in that way without yeah. it being yeah. too much
0: perhaps. Yeah. Oh no, they're lovely. I'm going to get this one I've got to get my Baba's Garden. Do, I
1: highly recommend it, Ooh, it's beautiful. Yes,
0: I feel emotional just looking at the oh. cover and just some of the <laughs> grandma's expressions, just so lovely.
1: Yes.
0: Um, i chose on the flip side, now I can't talk too much about it because I've not read this book yet, Ooh, because that's the exciting. whole idea is it's another Alex T Smith Christmas book, you see, exciting. and the idea is it's an advent book, so you read a chapter <gasps> beginning on December the 1st every day, so I'm saving it
1: what a brilliant idea.
0: Yeah, I was very lucky. Um, he gifted me a copy when I saw him for afternoon tea, afternoon tiffin, a couple of weeks ago. And it's still, he wrapped it and put a candy cane on it and it's underneath oh. my tree because I've put my tree up incredibly early yes. this year. And it's called The Nutcracker and the Mouse King's Christmas Shenanigans. So any, any book that's got shenanigans in the title has to be purchased, I think.
1: That's a great title.
0: Yes, so it's following on from The Grumpus... Um, and his other Winston Christmas books, which are currently being made into a big movie by the guy. Is it the director or someone that did The Lion King? So it's going to be
1: incredible. Wow, wow. Um,
0: And yes, so it's Alex T. Smith's take on the Nutcracker, basically. And I I must admit, I have flipped through a copy in a a bookshop. Uh, I haven't opened my own copy, but you know what you're getting with Alex T. Smith. You're going to get whimsy. You're going to get beautiful characters. Um, it's going to be slightly camp, it's going to be (laughs) tongue-in-cheek and yes so more of the brilliant same from Alex T Smith but I cannot wait to read a chapter every day, it just looks good. The cover is sumptuous, so much detail um, and yeah he's just so original with his characters and I love his characters, the proportions of his characters are so daring I think.
1: Yeah but also appealing.
0: So, yes, and, and not grotesque or no. un- unappealing. They're still really charming. Mm. Um, he's also got the Miraculous Sweetmakers um, out that's written by Natasha Hastings, which is also a, a Christmassy book that's now out in paperback and is Waterstone's Children's Book of November.
1: How do you lot do it, do so many things? How do you do it, Steve?
0: Well, I don't do... Anywhere near as much as that. I thought I worked a lot. I, mean, I think you work really a hard. lot. Everyone yeah. worked hard, but Alex T. Smith—he's got like he's got his new TV show, The Coop Troop, which is on um, TV right now, and so he was doing all that and designing and directing and, and writing. And then he's got the Nutcracker, and he's got a new um, fiction series out next year as well, which is completely different and new, set in space. I think it is. I think it's oh. more sort of more sci-fi. Um. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. No. I don't know. I think, I think there's three of them. I think he's cloned himself <laughs> Alex, if you're listening, where's your cloning machine? I need one.
1: But, you know, also earlier you were talking about, like, if you, if you end up working on more than one book at once. And that, I mean, I'd love to, but I also think it sounds terrifying. Like, how do you get your head into two books at the same time, or three, or whatever?
0: I can work... His new thing, by the way, is called Astrid and the Space Cadets, which looks incredible. Um, Great. I find it doable if I can do the roughs on one project and then I can be doing the colour on another project. Right. I split my day up. in in the data, what I'm doing at the moment, I'm finishing off how to grow a mermaid. Mm. And I've been dreading doing the main mermaid spread where there's 15 or 16 mermaids all appearing. (laughs) And so I I do that one in the daytime on my Cintiq, on my main big screen. And then I do the slightly easier um, rest of the book in the evening so that's why I'm getting through that Uh, but then I've also been roughing out well I've just finished three new versions of Frank Cottrell Boyce covers so sort of just starting everything is is the best thing to do because uh, until you start it you're sort of afraid of of how to do it but as soon as you just start sketching or colouring then then it just becomes like, like a j- back to the jigsaw, like a big jigsaw um, puzzle that you're just trying to piece together and, and colour in. And I, I can do it that way, but it can be too much, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well... Maybe I'll find out one day.
0: You've got all that to look forward to. Ruby, yes. But you can't wait. <laughs> so there's, yes, so some good books to listen, uh, to to get hold of and read. Definitely The Nutcracker and My Baba's Garden. Thanks, Ruby. Good choice. I, I can't wait to get that book. It looks fantastic. I'll go to yeah. Book Nook tomorrow and order my do books. Do, do. Um, now we've only got, oh gosh, we're we're over, over. time. We're, we're over, over time. quick, it doesn't matter. Um, have you thought of your ideal studio mate as well who if you could have anyone working alongside you who would it be and
1: why I have thought about this and (laughs) um, (laughs) there's loads of lovely friends who I would love to have maybe sort of in the next door studios like yes. do you imagine that the studio mate is in the studio with you
0: you can choose i think it could be someone could just pop in for half an hour maybe or they could be uh, alongside or yeah next door might be quite might be next a nice
1: nice well that's sort of what the setup is at the moment here yeah. which is great so Good. i've got a very i'm lucky i'm very lucky and they're all lovely my studio next door neighbors <laughs> but i thought actually what might be really helpful would be to have a cuckoo clock in oh. my studio hmm. uh yes that randomly so not on the hour but just Randomly, maybe three or four times a day, yes. out pops Ness Wood, my, my tutor. That's a little a miniature idea. version. And she shouts things like, <laughs> just bloody do it, because that's the sort of thing she says. Or, um, you're doing it, Ruby, you're doing it. Or, <laughs> or um, get a grip, something like that. Like,
0: <laughs> I think this is great, a Ness cuckoo clock. Yeah. I, That's think, what I think I really, she really like. In, she should look into getting one of those. <laughs>
1: it um, would be beautiful. It would be a beautifully designed, you know, yeah. 19, 1960s style, probably orange cuckoo clock. Because I don't, I've yes.
0: never met Ness. I don't know her. I've never worked with her. But I only hear amazing things about her. But she does remind me a bit of someone that I have and do work with. <laughs> um Nia Roberts and they're quite similar I think oh because um, I'll, I'll sort of complain to Nia she'll be like well you've done it Mr she calls me Mr Lenton you've done it Mr <laughs> Lenton already you've done it there look what you what you going on yes. about you've done it
1: yes exactly that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: it's good funny to enough, just have that down to oh, her she's brilliant. just tell tell me what to do and I I'll mean, do it
1: she's quite, yeah, exactly they're brilliant those people funny enough I listened to one of your podcasts and in it you I think it's one of your bugbears was characters who don't who aren't looking
0: Oh, God, the eyeballs.
1: I know, yeah. but I'm, I'm slightly, well, anyway, I shouldn't say it now, but I'm slightly worried that I might have done it anyway. I showed it to Ness, and I said oh. that and she was like, no, it's fine, it's not, it's fine. They are, they're looking at you, it's fine. I was like, oh, thank God for that. Well, it's
0: nice. it, it, it only really when, um, because your characters don't have um, whites around the eye No, they don't. And- so then you kind of get away with it then anyway. You have to sort of move your body positions of your characters in a way that you kind of can tell. Like on the Animal Crackers cover, you can see that they're looking
1: at the crackers. Yes, you can. And no, it's it's can, that slight uh, pivot of the eyeball. But you're, yes. thanks, Steve. You're saying all the right things. Thank yeah, you. No, don't cause... worry.
0: I would, I would soon pull you up on it.
1: I think you're too, way too nice. <laughs> no, there are some covers and I'm like, well,
0: honestly, how did that get through? How did... I know how many meetings publishers have. It's like, how on earth did that get through? Mm. Where are they looking?
1: Yeah, I know. That's the funny thing, isn't it? We can all find examples of things you think. What? What? What, what is that?
0: Yes. Were they in a rush? <laughs> yeah they probably were
1: or oh, they've seen it too many times and you can't see it anymore I don't know
0: yeah maybe maybe a bit of that and also maybe, you know, maybe some people don't think it's that important it just it, yes it is one of my book bears mm. I think especially if it's an illustration especially on a cover if it's descri- trying to describe a relationship quickly or yes. to get an emotion across it's like if they look like they're looking into the middle distance for no reason it's just mm. yeah really mm. my goat
1: yeah I can see that <clears throat> I'm going to be so careful from now on <laughs>
0: You maybe should have another cuckoo clock with me saying, Check the
1: eyeballs, Yeah, the eyeballs. I'd love that. Oh, in fact that'd be great. A cuckoo clock with all I could I could have ten, twenty people and they're brilliant pieces of fantastic advice. That's a great idea. Like, yes. A bit like um
0: yeah, pressing a squeezy cuddly toy that's got a voice box in it and it's just yeah, random, exactly. good saying. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Ruby, thanks so much for talking. It's been so much fun this morning. I have <laughs> loved it. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Steve. I, I don't really feel like I deserve a place on this brilliant podcast, but I'm oh, so it. happy to be stop here. It. Thank well, you, you linked, so much.
0: You lynched me at the party, and I knew <laughs> that you were. Gonna, I knew you were going to come on anyway. I
1: think I said. I think I said. <laughs> I, 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 of course, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm nobody. You can't put me on. But one day. And you were so sweet and here I am. Thank you.
0: Oh, no, it's brilliant. Well, also I haven't had anyone on the podcast before that does screen printing really as a main <laughs> as a main method. So it's been yeah. really interesting to talk to you about that. Because screen printing's just always blown my mind how it works. I think it's so clever the screens I know. I agree
1: are, with you. I was thinking that just the other day. Clever. Like how does that yeah, it's brilliant. They are really it's they're clever. delightful. Delightful. It's a great process.
0: Yeah, but no, yeah. thanks so much. And if you want to find out more about Ruby Wright, Ruby Wright's website is rubywright.com no. what's it? Yeah.com. It's just easy, easy
1: I'm
0: peasy. Here. Yeah, easy <laughs> peasy. And your and do follow Ruby on Instagram because you've got all your sketchbook stuff there and all everything about your new books. And I'm really looking forward to Invisible Dogs. I hadn't, I didn't know you were doing that at all. So I'm definitely going to um try and wangle a copy from Rocket you. third books when it's out? Absolutely, come, come to the, the launch. Thank you. Thanks so much. And yes, enjoy the rest of your sunny day.
1: You too, Stephen. Thank you so much. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Bye, Bye. 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 We didn't talk about the pom poms, though. Oh, that's all right.